Hey everyone, uh, welcome to Poolside Web3 Builders podcast, where we come together to share knowledge and experiences with the community in an informal and conversational way. Thank you all for joining us. My name is Kate, I'm your host. And today we have with us Shane Burnett, founder and CEO of CryptoTax Calculator. For those who don't know, CryptoTax Calculator is a CryptoTax software solution designed to automate your CryptoTax nightmare saving the pain of manually calculating taxes for each of your transactions. As you might, might already know, uh, the Poolside Podcast episodes are recorded live on Twitter Spaces, but if you've missed any, you can always find us on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, so subscribe today. Are you a Web3 founder looking for relevant mentorships and funding opportunities? Say hello to Poolside Accelerator, a 12-week dedicated program empowering founders to build, launch, and scale in the Web3 space. What to expect from the Accelerator? Support from tokenomics, business, marketing strategy, product development, and community building. Up to $100,000 in initial funding and access to follow-on capital. Demo days with mentors and investors. Eight days at the Poolside Hub in Lisbon with daily sessions. One-on-one meetings with potential stakeholders and selected mentorships from founders and entrepreneurs in the Web3 space. But who can apply? Any Web3 team with a great idea and preferably an MVP. The industry you operate in is not a factor. We accept applications across all sectors. For more information and to submit your application, head over to poolside.co. Welcome, Shane. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, so first of all, could you please introduce yourself? What is your background? How did you get into the Web3 space? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Shane, um been building a crypto tax calculator since 2018. Uh, was background as a software engineer, was really um, initially actually building a decentralized exchange, which was meant to be um, regulatory compliant, but uh, ran into issues back then um, with managing securities on the blockchain, etc. It was just too early for the idea, uh, but still wanted to add value to the space. And um, had been doing a lot of complex on-chain activities myself and had a real tax nightmare and um, kind of from talking to some of my friends and peers um, realized that it was a serious issue that people were really stressed about doing their taxes uh, particularly when they started doing anything complex and that was back in 2018 I think that problem still rings true for a lot of people Um, taxes can be quite disturbing I'd say once you start getting deep into crypto and try to work out how to do your taxes properly it could be really stressful uh, there's a lot of people who I talk to who just, you know, end up waking up early in the morning in a dry sweat when they start to realise exactly how much work's on their hand uh, to get their taxes sorted. And that's essentially what we're out to solve for is if you're actually trading in Web3, you know, any complex DeFi, NFT activity, um, that type of thing, um, then how do you actually go about doing your taxes? And that's where crypto tax calculator comes in. So you founded uh, Crypto Tax Calculator in 2018 with your brother, Tim. Um, but how, how did the idea came, came to life? Um, what is it about your product that makes it different? Yeah, the big thing for us is just focusing on on-chain activities. So actually um, inter- interfacing with all these different blockchains and the complexity that comes with that. Um, for a lot of other I'd say players in our category, they're more focused on centralized exchange activity, et cetera, where I'd say still the majority of the market's trading activity does occur. Um, but as soon as you transition to doing anything on chain, 
it just adds a whole new level of complexity for when you're actually trying to do your taxes because just the data that you're dealing with is a lot more difficult to work with and you've actually got to pull that data directly from the blockchain um, you know it's in a format that's designed more for computers not for an accountant and what we do is just transform that data into an accountant friendly view I'd say uh, which you can then use and share that with your CPA or you can also um, export that data into TurboTax and essentially manage it yourself but um yeah that's the big difference is just being able to actually handle the complexity in the web free space uh, not many no one's really doing a good job of that so at the present moment how, how is crypto taxed in most countries and i'm talking about also about nfts and airdrops yeah so it, it does depend on the jurisdiction there's also some gray areas depending on what you're doing um but generally speaking, there's really two concepts in tax. There's income tax and there's capital gains tax when it comes to crypto. And buying and selling crypto would trigger a capital gains tax in most countries. Whereas if you receive something like an airdrop or some sort of reward, like an in-game reward, etc., that could be classified as income. And that can have an impact for how you actually manage the risk. Um, for example, in a lot of jurisdictions, you can't offset capital losses against earned income. So if you were to receive, say, $100,000 of staking reward and those assets then went to zero, you couldn't offset the capital loss against the $100,000 income that you received from the staking reward. So there's, there's some ways of really getting caught when it comes to taxes in crypto and we deal with these types of customers all the time where they end up essentially getting wiped out because they didn't realize what their tax obligations were and if they have just been aware of it a little bit earlier um, they they would have um, been able to avoid this situation completely by making a, making a couple of different transactions prior to the end of the financial year uh, so it's, we've got quite a few different guides, which are kind of start points depending on your country and where, where you're from. Um, but yeah, there's certainly quite a bit of complexity depending on your jurisdiction. Um, but just something to keep in mind is just the differences between um, capital gains and income and whether what you're doing is actually, if you can offset that activity with other losses, etc. cetera. Um, yeah, there's just a lot to think about there. And if you're working as a global company, um, what are your main challenges when dealing with those different tax jurisdictions? How, how do you prepare for it? Yeah, so depending on your jurisdiction, when you sign up to the platform, you can select your country and then we'll have some same defaults. Um, um, there's actually, like from a calculation perspective, which is what we focus on, uh, the rules aren't really that complex. There's only so many different ways of slicing the apple so to speak and um, when there's any particular gray rule within your jurisdiction you can take um, take a stand depending on what you decide is the best outcome for yourself and um, a good example of this might be adding liquidity into a liquidity pool um, there's not really clear guidance in a lot of jurisdictions as to whether that's a taxable event or just a deposit for tax purposes 
and there's fairly good legal arguments for both cases and it still needs to be really probably determined in a court system to actually find out what the actual answer is. And that's in every single jurisdiction. It probably needs to go through that process unless the tax authority puts out some clear guidelines. But we've worked with quite a few different tax authorities and there's still a lot of internal debates, et cetera, about that. Um, so in the settings, you could decide, okay, well, all of these transactions that are adding liquidity, you could decide whether you want to treat it as a deposit for tax purposes or a disposal for tax purposes. And then you could see the tax impact of that and you can read up on what the tax authority is suggesting and what, talk to your tax professional and essentially decide for yourself um, what the best option is in an area which is particularly grey, for example. So there's certain transactions which aren't grey. It's pretty black and white what the tax outcome is and we can obviously decide that and set that for you. Um, but for transactions which are in this grey area, we kind of put you back in control because uh, it's not actually clear what the answer is. Yeah. Um, and why, why should it be important for those crypto users and business owners to be tax compliant? I think we all know the answer, but from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, this is actually an interesting question that comes up a lot more than what you'd think. Um, I think for a lot of people, they, they, they might think that, look, you know, it's crypto tax, it's extremely complex, even I can't work it out. How is the government going to be able to work it out? They'll never know. They don't even have my details. It's just on the blockchain, yep. on my public wallet address. You know, they can't find my identity. They're not that smart. They don't have the technical chops. They're never going to find out, essentially. Um, you know, especially so if I can't even work out what the tax is. Um, and the truth of the matter is that the, it, it's actually a very different system when it comes to taxes to other parts of the legal system. When it, when it comes to taxes, the burden, the burden of proof is back on the individual. It's not really, you know, usually the, the burden of proof lies with the prosecutor, depending on your country. Whereas in this case, the burden of proof really relies on the defendant in a lot of ways, where it's up to you to be able to prove that you've done the calculations correctly and that you have gone to best efforts to do this. And that, that puts a lot of pressure on the individual to get it right and really a lot of benefits to the tax authority to question it. And um, whether as to not, whether they will be able to find out who you are in the first place um, so just something about the blockchain data is that it's all open, public, accessible and immutable. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, so it's essentially like having every transaction written in stone um, and putting it outside of the tax office. And so they can come and have a look at it at any point in time in the future. And all the activity links up. Um, you can see a full trail all the way back to the exchange. Um, they go through processes of subpoenaing, um, putting a subpoena to the exchange to get that KYC information. Um, there's plenty of private companies out there which are more traditionally focused on KYC AML compliance, um, but they're, they're basically in the game of tracking 
identity of people on the blockchain. Uh, they've got all types of techniques to do it and isolate it. They typically use it for criminals, but these tax authorities are also engaging with them for civil audits, essentially. And, um, I mean, when it comes to tax fraud, the statute of limitation um, doesn't apply. Like, they've, they've got a lot longer to follow up. So just in terms of, and the, and the other thing is that the tax office deals with complex tax fraud all the time. Like, they're very familiar with it. And um, you've got to be extremely sophisticated to get away with tax fraud at the best of times. And doing it on the blockchain and then thinking after the fact, ah, they'll never catch you, catch me, that's, that's a very unsophisticated attempt of getting away with tax fraud. So I just... Um, think twice before you before you go down that path and realize that actually everything is fully traceable and that also the burden's up to you to try to work out what the calculations are and work with your tax professional to do that and it's actually very easy for them to analyze and work out if there's any missing data if the transactions aren't making sense if there's gaps in the data and if there is any of that type of stuff going on, um, that raises a lot of red flags. Uh, a full tax audit is mm -hmm. extremely painful. So it's just, um, yeah, something to be on top of. Yeah, and you were mentioning um, sometimes the lack of uh, clarity in terms of regulation um, of how those these taxes should be should be done. So the crypto sector has been calling for more regulatory clarity for, for quite some time. And uh, this is a, a relatively new and quick, quickly evolving space, bringing challenges for regulators to balance innovate, innovation, fostering and consumer protection. So what role do you think regulation will play in the space? And uh, more specifically, how do you as a company posi position yourself? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of attention from regulators around um, getting access to transaction history from centralized exchanges. We've got in the US the 1099DA, which is the digital asset form. So literally like a government form that's going to be um, enacted over probably the, the, and implemented over the next year. So that's probably where the regulatory action is focused on, is just getting access to all of this data at this point in time. Um, the other side of it is just offering more guidance. Um, there are still a few grey areas in crypto and obviously, you know, developers are able to come up with interesting and complex um, new transactions, I suppose, which don't necessarily map back to the real world or if they do, it's a fairly new. It's, it's not a, a very clear map back to the real world. And so in this type of grey area, um, you know, for individuals to be operating in this grey area can create a lot of uncertainty for, from a tax perspective. So just giving some more clear outlines from tax authorities to individuals as to what some of these tax implications might be, such as, you know, what happens if I add liquidity, like what's the actual outcome of that. Um, we are seeing more attention in this space where regulators are spending more time consulting with industry to try to come up with rules that do make at least some sense um, given what your um, intentions are behind that transaction.
And do you think this uh, broader crypto regulation is something that will help uh, with the blockchain mass adoption or will it slow it down? Um, I definitely think it could help. Uh, there's a lot of work that could be done from the developer side as well to make it easier to access some of this data. Um, we, we work obviously with a lot of individuals and typically the journey is that um, you'll go out, you'll get interested in crypto, you'll move from a centralized exchange into, you know, doing some on-chain activity and then you'll, you know, catch the buzz. You'll do like 2,000 transactions, just experimenting in the space, just exploring what you could do, et cetera, et cetera. And then at some point it dawns on you that you have to do your crypto tax and then you realize exactly how painful it is when you start to do it. And then at some point, you kind of get to the point where you go, okay, I'm just never going to do anything like this ever again because it's just so hard from a tax perspective. And why would, it's like, why would I ever do this? And so that's actually really bad, I suppose, post-sales experience of being engaged in the crypto space is that the tax burden and just being compliant is so high that, you kind of get turned off it you just you know it just turns into a nightmare and you never want to do it again so um being able to um make that a whole lot easier like that's where i think it's really important for you know services like ourselves to come in and actually offer real value there where it shouldn't be that painful it should be as easy as putting in your public wallet address um, you accept a few of the suggestions it's all pretty automated and then you're able to generate these reports for any grey areas, you can talk to your tax professional, but essentially getting the records in order and getting to an actual number should be all pretty straightforward. That's what we've been working on. And on the side of uh, governments, um, what do you think that still needs to be done for this uh, crypto tax accounting to achieve mass adoption? Uh, I think just maybe awareness as well. Like there's still a lot of users out there which we talk to who just aren't even aware of their crypto tax obligations. Like they're just like, oh, NFT trading. I have to pay tax on that. And then you can you can watch their face kind of sink on the customer discovery call when they start to realize what they've done and what they have to do and what their possible liability is. And that's pretty shocking, like just how many people aren't even actually aware that they've got these obligations. So probably one of the first things tax authorities could be doing is just focusing more time and attention on that awareness um, that, you know, things like NFTs are also very well potentially taxable. Um, you know, what's that obligations of airdrops and staking rewards and the potential tax liability from that if they're considered income rather than a capital gain. Um, yeah, so just some more awareness of the gotchas, I suppose, in this space. And the traditional accounting gives enough support to crypto-related service uh, business owners? Uh, they're getting better. Uh, when we started this four years ago, there was really only a few specialists around town who I would best describe as feeding off the industry, um, you know, just charging very high fees. For very specialist services they're often in high demand with a very big backlog and normal cpas and accountants they weren't too interested they they saw the space as too risky too complex and something they didn't understand um, 
I think that's changing a lot, especially in certain jurisdictions. Like, for example, in Australia, um, they've got a lot more activity from accountants now. We talk to a lot of accounting bodies, as CPAs, etc., and just everyday CPAs. We work from H&R blocks, so you can walk down to your local tax office and get it done with H&R blocks. So that's as mainstream as it could be. And we're starting to see that type of activity in the US as well with CPAs in the US, more, more of them coming into the space and are trying to help clients. Um, so it is changing. It's just a matter of time, I'd say, before before that's just a lot more accessible. And um, how do you see things changing in the, in the next year or two? Uh, I think in the next year or two, we're going to see a lot more activity from the tax office when it comes to enforcement and compliance. Um, in the US so far, they've only really been chasing criminal cases. Um, so prosecuting from a criminal perspective. Um, they haven't really gone too hard on civil audits yet. Um, but that's changing. We're, we're, we're aware of that like internal activity that's changing here. And um, the other thing is just access to data. They've passed a bunch of legislation to get more access to data, make that much more streamlined. Um, so I think that's going to be the biggest change over the last couple of years is um, over the next two years. Like the last few years, the tax office has been more focused on education and trying to raise awareness amongst individuals. And that's typically a strategy that they would do um, when there's some new kind of tax scenario, like this happens in other areas as well. It's not just crypto. This is just the general playbook is the first few years is to educate the market. And then after that, bring out the stick, so to speak, and prosecute the market. And that's how you can drive um, compliance. Um, but they, they try to make it fair by educating first. But I think we're transitioning away from that first stage into um, compliance stage. And that will happen over the next couple of years. So, and a, a question that is not related with taxes anymore. Um, you've been working a, a, in the Web three um, space for for quite a while. Uh, what what's exciting you um, more at this moment in Web three? Quite uh, very excited about, I, I suppose, like securities on the blockchain. I think that's actually a very innovative space, and there's a lot of opportunity there and accessibility um you know creating secondary markets for interesting startups this was actually where i started off in my crypto journey and i think there's more like if we can get more certainty around some of these compliance issues um, i think there's some real efficiencies to be gained from having securities and secondary markets and accessibility for everyday users to contribute to these types of capital markets on the blockchain um, and yeah that's that's probably the area of interest for myself that I'm most interested in great um, thank you uh, Shane um, this will be the end of our poolside session so thank you everyone for tuning in and thank you Shane for joining us and for your very useful insights uh, I saw on your I went to check your LinkedIn uh, bio and I saw you 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 have on your about me uh, solving hard problems with software and I think the crypto tax calculator really matches uh, this this phrase. 
Um, do you want to address anything related with crypto tax calculator um, that we haven't touched upon on? Uh, just, I would say to any listeners, if you are listening to this and you're starting to realize that maybe you do have some crypto tax obligations that you need to declare, um, don't stress, um, don't get overwhelmed. It, it's not as hard as what you might imagine. It's just the most important point is to get started and get over that state of inertia. And you can obviously access our platform, CryptoTaxCalculator.io. Um, and we can help you out with that, especially if you've done anything complex on, on chain, you know, any, any NFT trading, um, anything with Pokestarter, like just anything at all, <laughs> have a, a reach out. We've got support there as well. So yeah, it will be, it will be okay. That's it. Don't, don't stress. So if you have any topic or guests you would love to hear on the Poolside Podcast, just drop us a comment on Twitter with your suggestion and use hashtag Poolside Podcast. In case you've missed this entire live session, make sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts and listen to this one and many other insightful episodes. I will see you next week. Thank you, Shane. Thanks so much for hosting. Bye-bye.